This is Exane Anderson. Welcome to the Principal Podcast today. Today, I have the honor of having Leslie Holloway with us. I'll just introduce you really quick. Leslie is a 17-year attorney with management and litigation expertise. So she's been practicing for a while. She's got her Juris Doctorate. She also has a BFA in acting with her specialty being in musical theater. And she's a mom of two, balancing supervising 2,200 active litigation files and more than 90 employees. She lives with her duck hunting husband, an argumentative seven-year-old and a rambunctious six-year-old who were required to put up with her bursting into song should the mood strike, which is awesome. She's also a retired pageant queen who's passionate about supporting women, especially in leadership roles. I'm really, really thrilled to have Leslie on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. You know, one of the things that attracted me to having you on the podcast here is that we come a little bit from similar backgrounds. Um, As many of the uh, uh, people on the show know, I lost my mom at a young age, but when I was reading through your bio, it looked like you had something similar happen. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that, Leslie. Yeah. So when I was 10 years old, it was about a month after my uh, 10th birthday, my mom passed away suddenly. She was a diabetic. And this was back in the eighties when diabetes was even harder to manage than it is now. They've made a lot of, of great strides with the management of diabetes, but, um, she just had a really hard time managing it. Um, we weren't in the best financial situation, so she rationed her insulin. Um, and ultimately that led to her dying suddenly overnight. Um, and so it was a situation where, She went to bed. I woke up the next morning to go to school, get ready for school. I went to wake her up and I found her and she had passed away. So um, ultimately a very fast acting diabetic coma um, that ended up taking her life. Wow. I'm guessing that was probably um, very life-changing for you. Absolutely. It was Traumatic. Uh, looking back, I realized I was in shock. Um, you know, you see shock on portrayed on TV and or movies, and it's very similar. It's like you're there, but you're not. You see everything. I have very distinct memories um, of the event, and uh, but I didn't cry till the third day when the shock sort of wore off. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it it, it really sent me in a whole new direction, losing someone that early in life. Right. One of the things, let let me ask you this. There's this idea that I think both you and I are familiar with that our time is limited. And maybe you and I have a better (laughs) than some people Maybe you know, in some ways it's tempting to think, well, I have an, an unlimited amount of time. I can, I don't have to fix things or be good right now because I'll just, I have a lot of time, but I think you and I can both kind of sense because of what we've experienced that maybe that's not true. Maybe you can tell us about that. Right. Yeah. I think we, we do share that common ground because when grief touches you at such a early age, you realize that you're not going to live forever and your parents aren't going to live forever. And that's really impactful uh, early on. And it does give you this sense of, I think, living in the present more. Uh, People talk a lot about that these days and being present because we're so distracted by everything else going on in the world. Uh, But I think for me, it's helped me to really live in the present because I know tomorrow's not guaranteed. 
um, it can make you fearful of the future. It can make you, you fearful of, of that time, losing that time, but it doesn't have to. And so I think that if you're going to find a silver lining to a situation like that, it is that you realize, okay, I have to be more present. I have to be grateful for the here and now. And I have to, um, understand that tomorrow's not promised. So what I, what I choose to do today is important. I love that. Love that. Thanks for sharing that. So after your mom died, you you were raised by your dad. Is that right? I was. My dad stepped in just immediately, no hesitation, and raised me. Um, and he he was with us until um, just 2020. So I was very fortunate to have my dad uh, for so long. I love I love that. I'm great. Let me ask you a question. What do you were raised by your dad after your mom died? What do dads need to know? about raising a daughter. Tell us that. Oh, wow. My dad and I were so similar and so different at the same time. And we, we would fight, but, but there was never any question in my mind that he loved me. Never any question. And I think that that is so important for dads to support their children and don't you know, any parent, but, but especially when you have the daughter dad relationship, which can be very close, much like a mother son. Um, even when we would fight, I just, I had no question in my mind that he, that he loved me and he always showed up for me. And I think that's so important too, is whatever I was doing, whether he, whether it was his cup of tea or not, if I was doing a musical or a play or band or, or whatever. He just showed up. He was always there and supportive. And I think that that's, that's so important. And, and I think just knowing that you're not always going to understand your daughter, (laughs) because there is that disconnect between male and female and, and that's okay. But just listening, not always having to fix the problem, but just listening to the problem. I think there's this, this need and this desire as parents to want to fix your child's problems. Mm. But a lot of it is so much just listening to the problem and just letting them be heard. My dad was great at that. (laughs) And that's something as a dad, I could get better at. I appreciate the good advice. It's just like, Hey, let's just listen rather than saying, Hey, I've got, I can fix this. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. Is there anything else you would say that would be important? I, I love these points. I love these tips. Oh, I mean, I think laugh with your children. I think it's important to share stories about when you were a child and the mistakes that you made. And my dad was great at that too. He would tell me about all the times he got in trouble or he was in the principal's office or uh, uh, just crazy things he did as a kid. You know, he was born in 1941. He was almost 40 years old when I was born. So he grew up in sort of rural West Texas and it was like the wild west out there a little bit. And he just had great stories about mm-hmm. things that he did as a kid that, you know, our kids would never do. Um, <laughs> running off to the movies at six years old and a dime would buy him the movie and a snack and <laughs> you know all these, all these things. And, um, you know, getting his first job at like age 10 um, at a hardware store, just, but I think those stories are so one, it's his history that he's passing on. And I think your children do need to know your history. And two, right. I think, I think it's great to hear as a child, 
um, that your parents are human and they make mistakes and they've gotten in trouble with the principal. Be so perfect in a world that's really driving children to perfection. I love that. I think that it's that. good to make mistakes. It's okay to let your kids know that you're not perfect. So they don't feel like, oh, I have to be exactly perfect like my dad or my mom, right? Right, right. Let me ask you a question. How was it, how was it different losing um, your parent as a child rather than as an adult? And I, I'd like to hear it from you. Like, how was that different? Well, I'm sure you know from losing your mom um, at such a young age, it, it, that shakes your sense of security when you're a child because your parents are your security and you sort of wonder what happens to me now, what's going to happen if something happens to my other parent, and, and, and you feel very unstable and unsecure. Um, and I think with children and with everybody, but children in particular, if they lose a parent at a young age, there can be a lot of, what did I do wrong? I must've been bad in some way. And again, that just goes with this insecurity. And I, Unfortunately for me, that carried forward a lot into my sense of self, into my self-worth, things that I had to sort of overcome when dealing with grief, but my sense of who I was. You know, children identify with their mom so much, most like they're in that person. Um, it can be particularly challenging um, for them to come up with their own identity. And as an adult, you don't have that. You know, fortunately, hopefully as an adult, you have put in some work and figured out and taken the time to figure out who you are. Um, I know I have worked a lot on that myself. And I think, you know, a lot of people do. Um, and I mean, that's why, why we do this work. And that's why you, you put these messages out there is for people to, to help them sort of discover their sense of self or, or know that they're not alone. Um, and so hopefully you've done that as an adult. So you're more secure in who you are. You're not afraid, you know, when your parent passes as an adult, it's not like, well, who's going to take care of me now? Um, but also, you know, you've gotten to know that adult, you've gotten to know that parent in a different way. So I only knew my mother from a child perspective, I never knew her adult to adult. And I've gotten to know, or I got to know my dad, um, you know, adult to adult, parent to parent. Um, and so your perspective just changes in a way that's, no, I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be okay. It's devastating, but I'm not worried about already um, as an adult. So it's a little bit different in that way. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, let me ask you this. We talked a little bit about gratitude. Tell us about that. Tell me, tell me about your thoughts on gratitude as it applies to your story of your mom and your dad. Well, gratitude is something that uh, keeps me going. I think when, when times are really difficult and when I'm really starting to feel down, I really try to focus on what I do have instead of what I don't have. And so when it came to losing my mom, a lot of that meant that, well, I'm so grateful that my dad is here, or I'm so grateful that my grandparents, my mom's parents were still alive and they were, um, very healthy for a very long time. They were actually, uh, my grandfather actually passed in 2022 also. Um, and so I had him for a very long time until he was 90. So I just tried to focus on wow, how fortunate am I to have had my grandfather for so long, 
my grandmother who is still alive, who just turned 90 and to have my father for so long, rather than, you know, poor me, I don't have a mother. Um, and all the hardships that go along with it, because it is hard to grow up as a girl without a mother. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to grow up as, as a young man without a mother as well. I don't know that perspective of it. I'm sure you can speak to that. Um, but you know, I think that gratitude is the thing that sort of kept me going. That's wonderful. You know, and I did, I did have a stepmother, but there is something about your own mom that's really special and, and the, the kids need, but I love that, that you have a sense of gratitude. This sense though, that for both of us, that life is temporary. And if there's one thing that I was so impressive when I chatted with you and, and earlier, we talked about how this sense that we just can't take every day for granted any day. I mean, your mom, was okay one day and the next day she wasn't. My mom was healthy one day and the next day she was gone. And I think as parents, if we can, you know, I don't know if we need to go around living in fear, but but also just realize and treasure this day, this day because we have it and 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 see it as a blessing, see it as something that we may not always have, and try to remember that. So we treat our kids like how do we want to have things and how, how do we want to be remembered? And, you know, Steve, I was reading a book by Stephen Coven. He talks about, you know, if you begin with the end in mind, in other words, if I can visualize what I want my children to say about me at my funeral, right? What I want st- people to, to think about me when I die at my 80 year old birthday and have that in mind, it can guide our actions today. So when I'm feeling a little frustrated or I'm feeling a little short, or I feel like I'm a little angry and I might lose my cool. How do I, if I can keep that vision in my mind about how I want things to end, and make my little tiny daily choices align with that, then things can be better. And um, I like that. So I would like, uh, tell me this, tell me if you could tell any, anything to parents from what you've learned, what would you share with, with parents now based on your journey, your experience? I think, I think a lot of what you were just talking about is important to share with parents that, um, we all go around sort of pretending like there's no end to this beautiful life that we all have. Um, or if there is an end, it's, it's removed and we don't want to, we don't want to talk about grief and we don't want to talk about death, but it's inevitable. And we have to, it's part of our journey. And so I think what I would tell parents is if you're going through a situation where you're grieving, don't hide that from your children. Um, number one, I would say that they need to understand why you're sad and why you grieve. And I, I saw this, uh, beautiful, a beautiful thing, one top beautiful interview that, um, I think it was Andrew Garfield did where he said he loved talking about his mom's passing, even though he got very emotional about it, because it's just all of the unexpressed love that he still had for her. And I love to share that with my children. So when I get sad about grandpa, um, I tell them it's just, it's all the love that I have for him that I, I can't give to him because he's not here. And so I don't want them to be afraid of death or afraid of grief or afraid of losing me. I mean, I need them to know that they're going to be okay. 
if something happens. I mean, that's our job as parents, right? Is to is to raise our little humans so they'll be okay without us. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, and so, uh, just don't be afraid to to share those things with your with your children. Um, that and there is okay. an end, you know, and they're nope. going to be okay. And um, and that grief is okay. Feeling those feelings is okay. I mean, we're, we're intended to feel all this huge range of emotion. You know, if you talk about passing and living in a, in a life after death, that's all, you know, wonderful and glorious, but, but that's not what it is here on earth. Here on earth, we're intended to feel all of the range of motion emotions. <laughs> so we're, we can't, we can't understand happiness without sadness you know, we can't understand having these beautiful relationships without loss. So we have to feel all of it. And I think that parents should know um, it's okay not to hide this from your kids. It's really important, in fact, to share it with them so they can see that you, that you deal with it, that you feel it, and that you still are capable of going on and, and raising them and, and living a, a life despite loss and grief. And that gives them an excellent example to go off of when someday we as parents die, right? They'll know that they can grieve us, but that life will be okay. Yeah. And I think it's probably even okay to tell your kids, you know what, someday I'm going to die. I still love you. And I want you to know you're going to be okay when that happens, right? You can be sad, but um, being able to talk about that and say, you know what, it's, it's going to happen. And it's and things are going to be okay, and it's okay to to grieve. But um, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, one other thing. I think it's important to to not instill a sense of worry about it. I tell my kids, I spent so much of my life worrying about when my dad was going to pass. I don't know if you felt the same way from your mom passing so early, but it it made me That's fearful important. of that mm-hmm. day. Um, right. But I but it followed me from 10 years old all the way until the day it finally happened, (laughs) you know, which was 30 years later. And Mm -hmm. so instead of, and something I I completely had no control over whatsoever, but I spent so much time worrying about it and so much energy focused on it. And I think that's the other message is like, it's, it's going to happen, but you can't do anything about it. You can't change it. And worrying about that date is, is not going to it's not going to help you throughout your life. You can't go throughout your life worrying. And I tell them that constantly, please so don't worry. Valuable. <laughs> so valuable. I experienced that too. Just so you know, when, after my mom died, I had a little, I had some abandonment issues and I thought, dad, dad, please wear your seatbelt. Don't, don't die. Don't, I mean, I, it was just, you know, probably a nine, 10 year old girl, nine, 10 year old boy. Like you were a nine, 10 year old girl. I would, I would run out to my, to my dad and say, dad, please don't die. Come back, put your seatbelt on. And um, I'll tell you, I did spend a lot of time worrying too. And so I think that's, that's equally important to just say, you know, this is going to happen, but you don't need to worry about it and enjoy and, and the, both of it. Very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was a smoker and I was constantly begging him to quit. Just begging. I remember one time I just woke up, I had a bad dream and I called him crying. I was like, dad, please stop smoking. <laughs> um <laughs> But ultimately, you know, a habit like that is something he really had to choose to correct. And in the end, 
he lived to be almost 80 years old. So it's, mm-hmm. it was something I worried about and, and fretted over for, for nothing. Um, so, so yeah, I think I, that abandonment, that idea that that other parent is going to leave you is certainly present when, when you lose a parent at a young age. Let me ask you this. How, how do you think your parenting is different because of what you've experienced? Oh, that's a great question. I really try to be present with my kids. I was, I'm just kind of constantly reading and I was reading something yesterday. As a matter of fact, it was notes from children who were in therapy. And so many of them said, I wish I was as important as their phone, or I wish they would look at me as they look as much as they look at their phone. Mm. And I just found that so heartbreaking. Um, So when I come home from work, I leave my phone in my purse until my children go to bed, unless I need it for, you know, something that they're asking or, but I really try to make sure to stay off the phone and just be with them. Um, Oh, that's so, it gives me tingles as you say it. Yeah. It's just off your phone, be present. Let your kids know that you're more, they're more important than your device, whether it's a phone or a laptop or a tablet or whatever it is. Right. Exactly. Um, the other thing I, I remind myself is uh, don't treat gifts as a burden. And so my children are a gift. And so I don't want to treat them like they're a burden. <laughs> and that can be difficult. I, I definitely have my moments where I struggle. I mean, I'm a working mom, so I struggle with that for sure. And my patience is thin sometimes when I get home, but um, I have to that's why that resonated with me is because I did lose my mom at such a young age. I have to look at my kids as a gift. I have to look at each day with them as a day that I'm just, I'm lucky to have it. I'm lucky to have this day with them. So I really just try to focus on um, treating them as gifts and not burdens. And then the third thing I would say is I repair with my kids. So when I screw up, which I do, (laughs) um, you know, my parent, my parents yelled, that was their thing. They yelled. Um, and so generational cycles, I am a yeller (laughs) and I hate that. I, I have to really work on it. And when I do lose my temper and yell, I just always make sure to take time to repair with my kids. I never just want to walk out the door and go to bed and, and leave them with that, leave them with that burden that I've put on them because I'm the one that chose to yell. So I really have to, I just, I go to them. I take equipment and I say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have yelled at you. That was me having big feelings, losing my temper. And I should have, I should have done something different. I should have made a better choice. And I just think repairing is so important. So sort of going back to what I said before, there's no question in their mind that I love them. So if I go to bed and something happens and I don't wake up, they don't have any sort of sense of, did my mom love me? Was she mad at me? Um, Did she die being mad at me? I mean, when my mom died, the last thing we told each other was that we loved each other. We were never stingy with that in my family. Never. My dad either. And I just think I I probably tell my kids I love them too much, but I don't know if there's such a thing. (laughs) And we just, no such thing. Yeah, no. yeah, we're very, we're very free with that. Um, cause I just want them to know that no matter what, whether they get in trouble at school, um, whether they fight with each other, whatever happens that kids are going to do that, 
that that love is constant and always there. That is so important. I love that. I love too how you showed how you can say, okay, it's okay to admit that you made a mistake. In fact, it's the, it's it's a healthy thing to say, hey, you know, I can't, I messed up. I, I shouldn't have yelled, and I'm trying to to make it better. You know, showing the kids that it's okay to, and and it and modeling your example, of saying, hey, you know, I, I, uh, I could have done better, and I should have. And, and let people know that you, that it's okay to admit your mistakes so that you can correct them. If you can't admit them, you can't correct them. And showing that to your kids is really important, I think. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about raising healthy families, then we have to stop those things, those generational cycles that keep families unhealthy. And I think we talked before about sort of what impact do you leave on your family long after you're gone? And is it one where, okay, my mom yelled, yes, but she also knew when to say, I shouldn't have done that, or I could do better, or I'm working on it. I think, I think that's important. I, you know, I super valuable. One question, one thing that really occurred to me is if every parent would do kind of what you're doing and they come home from work and say, you know what, whoever's trying to ding in on my Instagram feed or on my email or on some social media or some sort of communication, or even if it's work-related is not as important as this child in front of me. You know, one of the things that I, I, I feel strongly about is that, you know, whatever we do in our work, and I'm not saying what we do in our work isn't important, can do great things at work, but give it a decade or two. Most businesses are going to be bought, sold, bankrupted, disrupted in different hands. And, but the things that we do as a parent, they're going to go on for much, much, much longer. We're going to have more influence with the kind of parent we are than what, than what we do in the, in the work world. And that may be scary for some people to hear, but it's the truth. And I can tell you just from my own, I mean, I remember things my mom said um, over 36 years ago that still profoundly affect me today. They're, still, they're affecting her grandkids who she never met in the flesh. She, they're there. And it's going to go down for generations, little things that she said, little five second things that she said in the hallway, things that um, she did that I knew that happened later that affect me profoundly. Whereas, you know, if I put all of my effort into just building a business and I'm so keyed into my phone that when my kids want to play with me, I ignore them because I'm sitting there trying to build this business. It's, it's so important to just say, you know what, you're more important. And the people on the other end, they can wait. They can wait. Childhood's not going to wait. Childhood will leave. And so the things we do as a parent will last for much, much longer than anything we do in the business world. And I'm not trying to discount anything in the business world, but I am trying to say, let's have our priorities straight, right? I need to be a parent first and a, and a business person, someone in the business world second. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. My dad was, my dad was a builder and he had his own business. And when he got older and had health problems, I mean, the business just went by the wayside. He couldn't be a builder anymore. And he built a lot of beautiful homes that are, that are still standing out in East Texas. Um, but the business is gone and I'm very grateful for his success at that because he provided a, a good life for me with it. But he also as I said, he also showed up. He also would 
um, leave a job to come to something I had in the middle of the day at school. Um, he was great at play. He had a, hit a great, um, imagination and sense of humor and wasn't afraid to be silly with me and laugh. We did a lot of laughing and I, I cherish that so much. And I try to do that with my kids just to be silly with them. And, uh, I mean, when I get a laugh from one of my boys, it's the best thing, uh, just to see them crack up (laughs) at something. Yeah. And, um, I think that's so special. And, and my older son will say, who's like, mom, you're crazy, you know, (laughs) but he's got the biggest grin on his face. Um, I know the other day he, he was sort of having a little bit of a breakdown and he just threw himself on the floor, just threw himself down. It was, you know, and I just, I was like, you know what I'm in. And I just threw myself down on the floor (laughs) with him. (laughs) I just got down there and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing it too. Let's both do it. Um, and but just that physicality, just that getting on the floor with him where he wanted to be, uh, it really turned it around. It really changed it for him. It, it, it got him out of that negative headspace and sort of giggling at me. And moments like that are more important than anything I do as a lawyer. Um, for me, <laughs> just yes. getting, you know, getting my child engaged and and helping him even laugh at himself. I think that's so important. I laugh at myself a lot. Um, and I think being able to laugh at oneself and not take oneself so seriously, is really healthy. Um, and you're right. You're just so right. It's I make an impact at work. I think the work I do is valuable, but the most valuable work that I do is with my children. And I love, I love that you, I love so many, how, how good would the world be if every, Every parent could realize that it's important at work, but the most impactful thing is at home. My, the ultimate career, really, it's going to last forever. I, it, just that laughing with your son, you know what? He may remember that and do stuff with his kids and their kids and their kids. And generations from now will be blessed because you decided to just throw it down and laugh on the floor. You didn't have your cell phone and you just laughed with your kid. Whereas, you know, even though you're doing valuable, valuable work in the law firm, in a decade or two, that law firm may be bought or sold or somebody else owns it or it's doing something different, maybe it doesn't even exist, you know, but that moment with your son can go for a long, long time. Right. And I'm not trying to discount anything you're doing at the law firm. I'm saying that moment with your son may impact generations that yet unseen. And I know that because moments my mom had with me that are impacting my kids. And I know they are, even though she wasn't here to do it. 36, she died over 36 years ago and they're still, it's still very, very strongly impacting me. So glad to see someone like you who is successful, but realizes what the real priority is with our children. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it's, they're the most important thing. And, you know, my son asked me the other, the other day, he said, what, what was your favorite time of life? Was it when you were a kid, a teenager, twenties? And I'm like, it's right now. It's right now, right here with you. This is so the best, awesome. this is the best time of my life this moment. <laughs> so good. These parenting tips you've given us, like being willing to admit your mistakes, laugh, show love, right? Just, just love them. A lot of times the thing, you know, we're all making mistakes as parents. It's unavoidable, but to, to let our kids know, I'm still, I'm always here for you. I may mess up, but I love you immensely. And I'm going to try my best to show up. You know, I got to tell you one more thing that you reminded me of. I, I know of someone who's um, close to me and 
And this person's father was away for most of their childhood, working, 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 trying to provide a good living. And I think that uh, this, this person's father was very well-intentioned. But I asked this person and I said, you know what, would you rather have had your father around or would you rather have had all the stuff that, he, you know, the, the lifestyle because he, he provided well? And this person said, I would have much rather had a smaller house, lived a different lifestyle and had my dad around um, than, had, than have him gone all the time. And it really stuck with me. Our kids don't care about the stuff as much as they care about us being there, right? And so if we can track back a little bit, we can say, you know what, maybe it's okay to have a few less things because I'm going to be there for my kid and laugh with them on the ground like you're talking about. Really like, really, really appreciate that. What do you, what do you miss most about your dad? Oh, uh, <laughs> giving him a hard time. <laughs> I think as an adult, that sort of became, it, it was just sort of our dynamic and it was, it was fun to do. I would just, um, yeah. Just kind I, of teasing. Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Teasing all the time. I would, I would call him and I'd say, you know, um, what are you doing today? He's like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm hanging out watching TV. And I'd say, well, dad, why don't you go down to the gym and exercise? Well, there's a bunch of ladies there in the morning. I don't like to go, you know, in the morning when they're there. And I said, okay, we'll go in the afternoon. He's like, well, I don't like to go in the afternoon because I've already gotten dressed for the day. And I just would say, I was like, so you won't go in the morning. You won't go in the afternoon. So you just, you can't figure out a time to go. And, uh, oh, Leslie, you know, stop, (laughs) stop messing with me. Or uh, I just would always, you know, tease him a lot, which was so great. He always, he always took it in stride. And how did he take it? Did he get offended or did he take it? No, 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 no. He, uh, the only time that I can think of that he got offended um, was he, I grew up in a really small town. So there's about 5,000 people there. And, um, and he, he got, you know, he sort of got a little offended as he got older about his driving. Cause I was like, dad, I don't know. Your driving is getting pretty bad. And um, he was talking about how, you know, he was going through the stop sign. He's like, Oh, I don't stop at that stop sign anymore. And I'm just like, dad, you just don't stop. And he's like, well, everybody in town knows I run that stop sign. <laughs> It's just like, you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't run a stop sign. You're going to hurt somebody. And, and he, he hung up the phone on me. <laughs> he just didn't <laughs> like what I had to say. So he just click. <laughs> um, I but actually you knew had, he still loved you, right? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I knew. I mean, we, we, we were fine, but uh, I mean, it, it made me laugh. Uh, actually for a, a while when he was alive, I had this little blog, you know, an old blog spot that was, uh, uh, conversations with Curtis because my dad's name was Curtis and it was just all of these little funny interactions that we had and they were so great because they were just so silly and you know he's just a good old boy from West Texas and um yeah that that's what I miss the most about him is just these these wild conversations that um you know so funny he's just so funny I love to laugh. So I, I miss that. such a good reminder. Just laugh with your kids. That's something that I sure could benefit from. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would feel is important for our guests to know about parenting, about your experience? That you feel well, would be, we haven't touched on. We, you know, we've touched on a lot. I think one thing I wanted to mention is, is from your story about um, having, 
you know, the parent there having them working all the time. When I, when I was a new mom and my son was born, I worried like a lot of new moms about all the things I needed. Uh, do I need this certain crib? Do I need this certain carrier? Do I need this, whatever. And, um, my, my good friend, Brittany, who I've known for 20 years, she very kindly reminded me, she's like, well, your baby just needs you pretty much (laughs) just you, some clothes, some diapers, and then you, um, and I, that, that really stuck with me. I think that even carries on into as your children get older we think, do they need these certain shoes with a certain outfit? And, and I know there's a lot of peer pressure for, for kids, but, um, the most important thing that they need is you. And I think that carries, especially as I don't have teenagers yet. And I know you have probably been through this. I can speak to it, but I think that that even carries, especially into their teenage years, um, whenever they start to really have to make some bigger decisions, I think knowing that, uh, they have you is so, so important. Um, and even if they don't act like they want you around, they still need you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like as yeah. A teenager. I think so. I mean, I know for me as a teen, um, I really needed my dad and particularly because my mom wasn't there and, um, and, you know, like I said, him showing up, but also I knew I could talk to him if I really had something weighing on my mind. I knew that I could go to him and, and talk to him about whatever was troubling me. And, um, and just knowing that really helped me navigate being a teen. And even, I mean, he was my sounding board for so many years. And that was the biggest, the biggest hurdle for me to overcome when I lost him was, okay, who's my sounding board now? <laughs> uh, and, um, and I, I've struggled with that and I've had to work on it for the past two years um, like, what does my life look like now that he's gone? And um, I think that, you know, the other thing, it's important to know that that life does go on after you lose someone. It, it'll be hard and grief comes in waves and you can be fine one minute and the next minute you're in tears and all of it's okay. All of it's, all of it's fine. All of it's there for you to feel, but look for the gratitude, look for the joy in life. Um, look for, look for excuses to laugh and, and smile. I mean, we're so blessed to just be here. (laughs) And I really, I really truly feel that way. Um, and that is, that's the reason that I've been able to go on with life succeeded life is because I do feel very blessed. Love that. Your dad was a sounding board for you somebody you could talk to, you felt safe with. I wonder how the world would be different if every dad could be keyed in enough, put their phone away, like you said, in a different room. So you're not even tempted, right? And just be present, listen to your kids, love your kids, look for gratitude. I mean, we're telling some, some L's here, listen, love, laugh, look for <laughs> gratitude. Um, these are such, such great points. Leslie, this, is, this has been such an honor to have you on our show. If, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Well, um, you can email me at uh, leslie.holloway at gmail.com. I'm always happy to talk to people. I mean, uh, t- discussing grief, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing for me. So I'm, I'm more than willing to, to talk to people. Um, I have a website coming soon, leslieholloway.com. Um, just, I'm, I'm working, I work on a scholarship in honor of my dad. 
um, for a single uh, single parent home. So it's a scholarship uh, that I'll post on the website. And um, and yeah, that's that's how you can get a hold of me. That's wonderful. You also have a blog called Conversing with Curtis. I do, yeah. I do. I haven't posted on there in a long time, but if you if you find it, you can go to Conversing uh, Conversing with Curtis. I think Blogspot is still up. Um, it's got some fun little fun little tidbits of conversation with my dad. Okay. Well, Leslie, thank you again. Such great tips for our audience. Such a great uh, thing to remember that life is short and treat it as such and to laugh and love and listen and be grateful. Thank you for these messages you've shared with us. Super, super, super important. And uh, feel free to reach out to Leslie Holloway. It's an honor having you on our show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I am so jealous of my wife because she gets the ultimate career. She gets to train and nurture and love our children more than I get to because I have to be doing things like this podcast. Parenting is the ultimate career. If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Thank you for listening. You can also check out my book, What I Want My Children to Know Before I Die. It's available on Amazon and other bookstores. Thanks again for listening.